mic? This is a nice looking mic. I was listening to one of the episodes. I was like, I wonder what kind of mic he's got. I need to get a, uh, right now I can only run one channel at a time. So I want to get a, a, a new audio interface. Yeah. Because I've got like a couple other mics. But, you know, baby steps. I, I, I use a, like a Shure MV5 for mine. And I just, we, we do ours through like Skype. Mm-hmm. I just Skype in to them and, uh. They record it like on a secondary. I don't know what he uses to actually record it with, but I just use a little Shure. It was a mic. It was the microphone I bought because it would plug into my uh, iPad right. whenever I first got it because I wanted to just mess around and record stuff, and it works fine. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Do you podcast a yes half some? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> in Rick Moranis. Yeah. Well, whenever we started it, it was uh, it was it was right when um. The, the Ghostbusters 2016 remake was mm-hmm. about to come out. So we were like heavily talking about... We talk about Ghostbusters a lot. Which I, sounds, I imagine so. It sounds very dumb. Whenever, any, anytime, anytime anybody asks me, like I'll be at work tattooing or something and it will come up. Anytime I have to explain the podcast, it sounds very stupid to me. Because I'm like, well, we talk about Ghostbusters a lot. We really love Ghostbusters. A lot of our friends are... Ghostbuster people, we go to Ghostbuster events, and we were like, nobody was talking about the movie, so we just started talking about it. And we're not exclusively Ghostbusters, but we talk about it a lot. Right. But to the point where, like, we got invited to the premiere of 2016. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, people listen, I guess. So it's very, <laughs> it's very weird. We're, we don't, we're not just Ghostbusters now, but we're like, we got, like, we're going to, uh, <clears throat> we're going to Toy Fair this weekend. Which is, what is that exactly? Toy Fair is so it's a convention they they have it in New York every year and they have for like the last thirty years or something mm-hmm. and it's like a um, <clears throat> it's a convention for all the major toy companies like NECA, uh, Kenner used to do it, uh, Hasbro, just any any toy company. They set up booths and they unveil what's going to be coming out throughout the year. Like any if there are any big movies coming out or whatever, like do, there's a new Ghostbusters coming out. Saw that they're gonna unveil the toys at Toy Fair. They had the coolest toys, like in the first edition, yeah. like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I, I think they were they were mostly based on was it the the real Ghostbusters yeah, it was after the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, which is ironic. You call a cartoon they're, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, that was because uh, that was because there was another cartoon called the Ghostbusters that was that came out before the movie The Ghostbusters. Ah. So it was a rights issue. They had to change the name, so they were like, we're the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's very stupid. My knowledge of Ghostbusters is it's dumb. I, it's dumb that I, that's what I chose to like retain knowledge on. It's, it's pretty cool just how like nerd culture has sort of, has gotten that way, right? Like, because yeah. we've, you, it used to just sort of be like this all-encompassing swath, which was normally like fantasy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you know, you have nerd culture. You think of like, oh, they play D&D and yeah. read a lot of Tolkien and whatnot. And then through like our generation coming up and with, you know, our, our analog childhood, and we had television, and then we get into, you know, a digital adolescence with the internet, mm-hmm. and you start finding all of these like little communities and whatnot that are... Yeah. Very specific. It's very weird that I, how that works out. And I didn't even know that there was like... I, I think I found out that there was a Ghostbusters community like years ago because I was just like looking for... I went to Dragon Con for the first time is what it was. Do you know what Dragon Con is? Yeah. I, I went to Dragon Con for the first time with some friends and had no idea that that kind of stuff existed. People dressing up in costumes. And I remember seeing people dressed like Ghostbusters and they had like fully 
accurate life like proton packs that like light up and I was like where do you get that? Where do you, where does that come from? And they're like, we build them. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You build them. That's how I found, like, that's how I got into all of that. It's like, I found out that that exists. And there's like, a, there's websites and forums and all these people know each other. And it's like, now all my friends, like people I hang out with, I have friends now that are just all over the world. And it's just because we know each other through Ghostbusters. We'll all meet up and go to things. It's, right. it's very weird. It's, you, you see that a lot with, like nerd and geek culture and conspiracy culture as well, yeah. where yeah, yeah. you have these pockets of just kids that were weirdos growing up, and mm-hmm. you know now like we can connect and find each other, and it's like oh my god, like there's, <laughs> you mean I I can find other people that I can debate whether or not space is real or not <laughs> online. It's, it's like for me, it's like it's a it's the thought experiment, and yeah. it's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then you see, it's kind of like when. You see, uh, fundamentalists in like nerd culture are just like, like it's not the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> like Harold Ramis is dead. It's like, well, dude, if you want to make that argument, then just play the video game because right. Aykroyd and Ramis wrote the treatment right. for the Ghostbusters video game. <clears throat> that's a weird. That's a weird thing. You get people arguing about what's correct and what's not correct, and like, right. it doesn't. Over, overall, it doesn't matter. But it's like. You get people arguing about the video game a lot. There are people that are mad that this movie's being made without Harold Ramis. And there's people that get mad. There was a big... This is how dumb it is. There was a big thing when the trailer came out. Uh, it wasn't even the trailer. Some pictures of the car were posted online. Yeah, the online. field or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, the ladder of the car is on the wrong side. It's on the opposite side of the car that it is in the original film. And it became this huge... like. The, the Ghostbusters section of the internet was like, why the fuck is the car different? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, well, the car's 35 years old at this point in, in this. Sure, they made some they renovations. They can move the ladder if they want. <laughs> it's just the la- people were so bad. But then the trailer came out and they literally have a reason for the ladder being moved. And it's because they have uh, that gunner seat pops out. Mm. Like that was in the way of where the ladder used to be. And I'm like, oh, well, there, there's your answer to the fucking ladder. But it's so stupid. So many people get religious with it, and I mean, because you can you can make anything into a religion, yeah. right? Yeah, arguably, yeah. but it's it's like Star Wars, like folks that they're like, you know, they may be atheists, but they're like, well, dude, I mean, you're <laughs> you're kind of you've got like a temple to Jar Jar Binks in your bedroom, True. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars is the worst, dude, especially with the last like. It's, it's like if out. if Bible thumpers and fundamental Muslims were nerds, yeah. they w- they would flock to the Star Wars yeah. religion. I get that. Like I like it's exactly like you just said. I don't believe in God, but I believe in Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> 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 like I'll I'll hang that photo up. It's uh, I had to do a, a paper. This was like years ago, like over a decade ago. It was for a philosophy of religion class, and you had to tie in. Um, something within um, you know the modern culture yeah. to say like it is a religion so for example I had uh, in class once made an argument that uh, you could swap out uh, sex for God mm-hmm. and then you would even have things like false prophets would be like street walking prostitutes right. that misguide <laughs> you along yeah, the way yeah. and like you know I had everything like laid out yeah. so for the paper I was like Star Wars it was I don't think episode three had come out yet. Okay. So, I, uh, Jar Jar Binks was definitely, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, in there. He was and, in there. Who was the other guy? It, 
It's like Wazo or something. Watto. Watto. I love Watto. He's so dumb. <laughs> He's like, I, I recently went back and watched, uh, right before episode nine came out, I went back and rewatched all of them. And mm-hmm. it's the first time that I watched the prequels in a very long time. But Watto is like, there's so many weird things they do in those prequels. And Watto is one of the weirdest. He's just like that big blue slave owning. He, like He kind of looks like he got fired from working for Jim Henson. <laughs> Exactly. And like, what am I to do? I need work. <laughs> There's something about him though that I'm like, I'd watch a Watto series. I'd watch like, like a an animated, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus puts out a Watto TV oh, show. God. I'll watch that. <laughs> Welcome back to Watto and Friends. <laughs> what am I doing? My daughter, she goes on first date tonight. <laughs> What if guy take her to planet outside of Star Sector? <laughs> I'd watch that. I, yeah, I don't think it would make it past the season, but I mean, no, probably not. Especially with all the like, they'd have to retcon all the slave owning and like. Oh yeah. They would oh, just yeah. cut that part out. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not quote unquote. He's not woke. a slave owner anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh no no, they, they weren't slaves. They were indentured servants. Yeah. <laughs> he paid them. Inexperience. <laughs> it's like a promoter with like a you know a band where we're younger. It's like, oh, sorry guys, we ain't got money, but we got your experience though. <laughs> Thanks, Watto. Appreciate it. I mean, it feels like, I mean, that might happen at some point. Like the way <laughs> as many oh. Star Wars things that we're getting, and like you know, movies and movies and more TV shows. Like, I wouldn't doubt it if they did some weird, took some weird characters like that mm-hmm. and tried to do some kid shows out of them. See, I would imagine in, like, of course, I have no data to back this up, right. but in, like, like 500 years from now, it, it will become a religion, like a full-fledged yeah. religion. Where <laughs> I mean, people are going to understand, like, oh, no, we, we made this to entertain ourselves. Yeah, and like, they just don't get... I mean, I guess that's probably how... Re- I don't know how religions get started, but that's probably a... Close <laughs> it seems to... like it when you read about stuff like... Uh... Well, it's like the, um, the, the, the Bible was a... Uh, it was like an amalgamation of all the world's religions and all the world's cultures put into one. Yeah. And... So it's it's significance on that level, like I totally understand because it was a way that we you know we, we have amnesia as a species, right? We can only look back right. so many millennia, and then you know we're just shrugging. <laughs> um, but then you have people that are like that will take it literally word for word for word. It's like what? How does it make sense that in six days this entire yeah. giant like biodome that we're all in got made it's like i don't i don't know too much about too many religions but like you know if you watch any of those documentaries about like scientology and mm-hmm. the dude who like wrote all that stuff oh yeah was L- also, L. Ron he was like you know he was a, a fucking pederast and he was a sci-fi author <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. i'm like oh he just wrote this because it, it's clearly fake like entertainment type stuff that he just kind of took mm-hmm. too far and well, people it's ridiculous that people believe that stuff i think it was well one it was a lot easier to dupe people like back in the day yeah. right because yeah. i've talked about this before with other guests on that you know like uh, since the internet we found all these little communities where people can exchange yeah. ideas and debate each other it makes it a lot more difficult for you to be like, no, I'm telling you, man, they sucked me up in their spaceship and just stuck all sorts of rods up my butt and yep. then dropped me off in the desert, and here I am, and that's why I couldn't make it to dinner last night. <laughs> and 
And they, they purposely put that lipstick on my collar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. People just believe that. And just ran, we'll just run with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With 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 little to no, like, yeah. you know, uh, judicial process. It's yeah. Like, well, I, I guess mean, that's true. I mean. I've never known him to lie before. Uh, I mean, Greg, he shows up to work on time every day. So, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense that he was late for your dinner because he got sucked up by aliens. Yeah. The, uh, um, another, another cool thing about the, um, uh, like, uh, the Bible is that it's actually, um, a, a, uh, an archaic internet or an archaic web page because there's hyperlinks within its yeah. pages that will send you to another right, part another of the section. book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you can like press your finger down on the page yeah, yeah, and yeah. it'll flip right, by right. itself, but still it was like a way to... Uh, interpret the world and to be able to self-reference itself mm-hmm. back and forth. There's something like 65,000 like URLs, archaic yeah, URLs, yeah, yeah. but within the Bible itself. Have you read it? Have you read the, the Bible? Bible? I went to Catholic school for seven years, okay. so we, we read it a lot. <laughs> I've never, Ugh. I've never, I've never <laughs> have and never will. It's, no. It's it's cool. Yeah. It, it definitely is, and like you know, there are things that like on a philosophical level that like yeah, I'm you sure, shouldn't do I'm something sure to are, somebody yeah. you don't want done to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think my problem is uh, it's normally just fundamentalism, you know. So whenever people want to force a belief or dogmatic way of thinking on you, that's normally when I have a problem. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, whenever you have ideologues come in, then it becomes a supremacist ideology, yeah. right? So then you have people who are just like, well, if you don't agree with us, then you're the enemy. Right. And it's like, um, I don't think that's the most logical way to approach <laughs> how we uh, move through life and deal with other people and their beliefs. Right. I've always just kind of stayed out of, uh, like, religion and politics have been things that I, I just don't care about. Right. I, I have seen, so, like, I don't know anything about politics. I don't know anything. Orange man bad. So, Orange man good. I'm so, like, <laughs> ignorant to the whole thing. And I know some people are like, well, this is the country you live in. You should learn all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I, I personally, the things that have happened to me throughout different presidents feels exactly the same. Like, I, and I explained this to somebody one time because they were asking me about voting, and I was like, "I've never voted. I'm right. never going. To, I don't think it's fair for me to vote because I don't know. Any, I would. Ju- I don't know anything. I'm informed. I'm not. I'm not like informed about any of it. And and someone was like, someone told me like, "Oh, that what you just explained to me is like the biggest example of like white male privilege I've ever heard." And oh. I'm like, "I agree with you, and that's awful that that's the world we live in." But I'm not gonna get sucked in. I'm not gonna like. I just don't care. Well, if you if you go into so same thing with like religion or you know politics, if you go in without having some sort of objective understanding, mm-hmm. right? Then I think that's when you have uh, fundamentalism like sort of come to a head. So, for example, I'll tie it in if. Uh, if you're like say like 13, 14 years old and you've never heard about Jesus, yeah, and then somebody takes you to a fundamental church, mm-hmm. now you can become radicalized because in your teenage years you're looking for something to rebel against to find autonomy. Right. Normally here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the religious institutions mm-hmm. that you rebel against. However, if you've never been introduced to them 
And then in your rebellious stage, you are introduced to them. Now, how do you think you're yeah. going to rebel? Right. So I, I think with politics as well, that's like me, like, I, I don't give a fuck about the party. Like, I'm all about like, all right, well, no matter what, it's it's a flawed system. It's always going to be because it's made by men. We are flawed. Yeah. You know, we're, it's just how we are as a species, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're coming into this and with those people are like, well, you should go out there and vote. What they mean is you should go out there and vote like them. Right. And that's... That's bad to yeah, me. Yeah. It's because, well, there's a South Park about it where everybody's trying to get Stan to vote and they finally convince him. And then Kyle's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Who are you voting for? <laughs> He's like, I'm voting for douche. He's like, yeah. well, you're, you're supposed to be voting for turd sandwich. <laughs> so it's like, they, they don't care about your yeah. opinion. They, they just want that extra vote. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I see, like, folks that... And, Particular, it's not so much down here in the South, I think, because one, we know the religious right is kind of dominating it anyway, mm-hmm. and so those that, of us that are of the intellectual variety are usually pretty passive about it, just like, eh, whatever, you know. Um, but then you see, like, more metropolitan areas where, like, people are like, we're going to take to the streets, and, like, we're going to wreck shit. It's like, all right, well, what, you, what are you trying to solve? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're just trying to make a scene. People just want to wreck shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, all right. In the name of uh, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so you wanted me to vote like you, and this is what you plan <laughs> yeah. to do about it. <laughs> okay. No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So, personally, I, I think that... You choosing not to vote or just being like, what yeah. fucking difference does it make? Is yeah. a better approach than someone who just wants you to vote like them yeah. or just wants to see, quote unquote, their team I can, take control I can, of things. I can understand, like, I mean, I have plenty of friends who are, like, very political and they, you know, they, they will post about it or talk about, you know, who is better for them or whatever mm-hmm. and how important it is to vote for those, like, issues. And I completely agree with all that. But I'm just like, I don't know. about. I don't know what all these things are. Mm. And I don't have enough time in my life to care about those things. I just don't. I'm like, I'd rather I'd rather not get into... Like, people, so many people argue about it. And it's always just like a point of... It just seems so stressful to be into politics. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I have one life. I'm going to be ignorant of that shit. And I'm going to watch movies. And I'm going to try to enjoy as much of the time I can... And I mean, yeah, maybe it is like a white male privilege that I'm able to do that, but I'm gonna. I, whatever. I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. I think uh, with something like that, it's a. Um, it's not a popular opinion, but I think that's a uh, a racist point of view that mainstream culture has sort of put on. Yeah, it's this look of like a 19th century or early 20th century world, and then trying to attribute it to the modern landscape. So I think that there are things that are privileges that it's almost always about so uh, not socioeconomic but just economic so if you go to like a state like west virginia west virginia is like 98 percent white the poverty rate there is like one of the highest like in the country so the the argument of uh white privilege let alone male privilege kind of doesn't fit the data there right Mm -hmm. so it's it's the same way if you go to communities that are like where whites would be the minority, you're still going to have people in the community that are more privileged than those right. that are not. Yeah. So I think like once you start like sort of uh, sifting through all, all the all the PC bullshit that the, they're just memes and headlines and talking points, 
you actually start to look at it, then you can start to see like, okay, well, maybe this is a little more complex than what we're just seeing on the surface. Right. And like you said, um, if especially when you start getting into these pissing contests with people online of all things, yeah. like one, you, there's no tone online, so people are inferring whatever tone they exactly. want your text to have. Yeah. And you're you're not looking at anybody in the eye when you're talking to mm-hmm. them. You're not listening for their response or listening to understand. You're listening just so you can retort. Right, exactly. And people can, like, uh, online, people don't care about. They, they won't say that stuff in person. Or oh, no. It's just, yeah, it's a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Basically. It's not too often you find somebody who looks at my face and be like, Fuck your mom! I fucked your ass last <laughs> night in the fucking shower! <laughs> Yep. If if they do, then they're probably not going to have a lot of people hanging around exactly. them for very long. Stay away from those yeah. people. Well, I saw, um, speaking of you know belief systems and all that, saw 14 years now with uh, veganism? Is that is Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it... it, Con- it uh, con- congrats, well, by the Thank way. you, thank you. It, it wasn't... Um, I didn't start off vegan right away. I didn't know what vegan was at first. I just stopped eating meat, and it was just meat for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it was in 2006... And I stopped eating meat. Like basically, just one day, I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore." I watched a movie and a a, a pretty bad movie. At the, what movie? Fast Food Nation. Yeah, Have yeah. You ever seen that? Yeah. I didn't think it was a very good movie, but there was a part in it where they showed like uh, towards the end of the movie, they showed how they process cows, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, like it just kind of clicked for me that that was gross, and I didn't want anything to do with it right. anymore." So I just stopped eating meat. But I didn't. I still like had dairy. I still. I was like, for a long time, I was like, oh, well, eggs are just, you're not killing anything if you eat an egg, right. you know? And I didn't really do a whole lot of research, and then it was a couple years later that I really figured out, like, what veganism was, and did a little more research and found out, like, oh, no, those those chickens do still get killed. There's still a really, I just don't like, I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to touch animal products as much as I, as much as I can. Right. You know, it's impossible to be completely... It's impossible to completely do, like, no harm. It just is. But, um, I don't know, man. I just got, like, a mindset where I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with, you know, taking away uh, or imprisoning or using animals when they can't, you know, they're not giving you permission to... Right. It's just weird. I don't... I just feel weird about it. I don't well, like it. the... We, we've lost the aspect of the hunt, right? So, yeah. like, everything's sort of become so commercialized and so industrialized that we like like me who's omnivorous i don't even think about it anymore now preferably preferably i'd rather eat game and something like comes from an actual butcher yeah. not something that yeah is just store-bought you right. know it's it's healthier for you that mm-hmm. you don't have all these additives plus it's harkens back to a time when like that's how you had to survive anyway for sure and it's only in uh you know, the modern American landscape, that's something uh, uh, like veganism as a ide- uh, ideology. Or, like, oh, no. Because like, so, people didn't know. Like, we, we even, I think we've evolved as a species, and we know now where our nutrients come from, where, you know, all that stuff. Like, people who, all the, like, the protein debate and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we know now that we can get everything from plants, and we know how to extract that, and we know how to get it. And my belief is that, like, if we know how to do that without causing other things pain, why aren't we doing it? Like, why? Right. I get I get the hunter thing, and I get, you know, people who like to only do that because it is better. It's better than the other option. Right. 
But um, I just feel like as as people, like if we if we're to the point where we know how to survive without causing suffering, just why aren't we doing that? Right. Well, I think it's uh, it's interesting to your own credit is that I've never gotten any judgmental vibes from you. Yeah. No fundamental vibes from you ever. And you, and especially in the modern landscape, whenever. Like we all we all find these little pockets that yeah. we sort of as adults we're like this resounds with me right. and I'm gonna stick with this. A lot of people tend to become ideologues. And they do. I don't. That's why I don't talk about veganism a lot. I don't post that I'm vegan a whole lot, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of why because like veganism has like a really bad, uh, you know, there's like a really bad stigma behind it, and there are a lot of people who are like in your face about it and will be really rude to you and make the rest of us look bad and uh, i don't want to be like i don't want to be like that i don't i want people to look at veganism as you know just a another option or if someone asks me about it i'll tell them like i you know i'll tell them what i think but i don't want to come across as like preachy or i just i think i think a lot of times it's, it's probably just something that's you know part of the human condition though but you you get fundamentalists and especially within the sect of veganism, if they're a fundamentalist, then they almost seem to forget that people are in the same category that they're putting animals in, right? Yeah. So if, if you believe in the ethical treatment of animals or even, like, no harm to animals mm-hmm. at that, then, like, there's eco-terrorists that are, yeah, will, like, sure. kill people because yeah. they disagree with their policies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, I thought this was about the quality of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a head-scratcher. It's weird, dude. It's super weird. And it's the same with, like, uh, you know, I also, I don't drink. I don't... Yeah, you've been straight edge as long as I've known you. I've never, I've never in my life had alcohol. Don't, Never. Don't. I've, I, I mean, I won't. I'm, I'm going to, I'm about to be 35 years old. I've never once had alcohol. I've never had any kind of drug that wasn't, you know, like a prescription drug or, right. or a headache medicine way. or something. I've never smoked anything in my life. And um, I never will. Yeah. Almost all my friends do. Or, you know, or at least drink. You know, I, mm-hmm. like it's, there aren't many people. I think I might know maybe two other people. Who've like their whole life have never done those kind of things. Right. Ben is one of them. Yeah, but um, but I don't fucking care what. Like that's just not for me. I don't want to do it. Like I have mm-hmm. my own personal. I don't care what other people do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like obviously, totally. like if I'm if I'm looking for like a partner or something, I I'll probably be a little more specific for some of it. But I feel like it's ridiculous to to expect to find other people who you know are vegan, don't drink, don't smoke, don't. It's a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> aren't religious, aren't political. Like, it's just a lot of fucking... <coughs> loves Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's a bunch of dumb mm, shit. Sorry, you've only gotten eight <laughs> of the twelve requirements we yeah. have. Ooh, we'll accept a resubmission of this application in 30 days. And, uh, it's, it's weird, and I think, uh, I think a lot of people don't really consider alcohol a drug. And I think that's a no. big mistake. Because yeah. it's like, one, it is a drug. Right. It's it's something that is not readily available in nature mm-hmm. and that will alter yeah. you know, your reality yeah. for a time being. Um, that's usually my argument for um, 
something, even though pot you would smoke, but uh, I would say psilocybin mushrooms that I would not call them a drug because they are readily available in nature. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's not something that you, you're going to take as like a like a, a party drug or anything like that. It's something you take to bond with the earth and with like right. life itself. Yeah. So I, I the only thing I would ever recommend to straight edge, I say this to Bobby Stratton is like is like, hey man, one day you should try mushrooms yeah. and just like play with some animals, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll you'll have the best day of your life, man. Um, but I mean for for the most part I I think it's especially here in the South, man, because like I, I catch flack from Usually my uh, conspiracy and political beliefs from like people that are more liberally minded, and usually for my uh, conspiracy and drug beliefs for people that are religiously mm-hmm. minded. And it's like you know, okay, if we just just take a look at this again, and like, because most people that are like that drink and are against other vices, yeah, they have never had any experience with these other vices right. yet. They'll. They have no problem just drinking ounces and ounces yeah, yeah, of drugs and watching a football game yeah. and thinking, like, oh, this is fine. It's like, no, oh, man, drugs are, alcohol is a really bad drug for yeah. you. But that's because people don't, like, uh, they th- they only think about the things that interest them, you mm-hmm. know? And they're like, well, I drink, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing because I drink. But this thing, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You tell me that you found a plant outside and you're smoking it <laughs> you're a danger to society sir it's fucking ridiculous though yeah so let me ask you the new jurassic park movies okay compared to the first one what's none of, what you got none of them compare to the first one I think. no none of them compare to the first one but i think uh the first jurassic world that came out it's I think I, I knew ahead of time not to not to um, expect Jurassic Park. Right. When that tra- first trailer came out, I was like, Whoa, well, this looks insane. It just looks like it's so much more of like a popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it because of that. Because I kind of I prepared myself. And I thought that Indominus was really cool. And uh, I, you know, I'm a, Jurassic Park is my second favorite movie of all time. And... The T-Rex is my favorite dinosaur. Like I'm a huge dinosaur nerd. And uh, when they bring the T-Rex out at the very end and he like defeats, I was like, fuck. I was like, they made this. They put that in there for me. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's 100% like just marketing and nostalgia and all that. Right. But I don't care. It fucking works. And I liked it. Well, it's much better than the, was it the third one? The T-Rex dies after five minutes of dude, being on screen. Dude, the third one is so weird because it is the worst. The third one is the worst. Hands down. It's hands down the worst. But the, even though it's the worst, the animatronic dinosaurs look great in Mm-hmm. They look really good. The CGI is awful. The C, it's the it's like it's the one Jurassic Park movie with the worst. It's like the first one was really good. The second one was still really good. The third one had really bad CGI, and then it gets good with Jurassic World. But it's like the animatronics look cool, and then they also like did this thing with the raptors where they made them all look different for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like each of the Velociraptors in Part Three look different. Some of them have feathers, which yeah, is scientifically accurate, and that's one thing that some people, some people like just paleontologists basically have yeah. a problem with the Jurassic Park series because when the first Jurassic Park came out, it was very uh, 
the first Jurassic Park was like responsible for kind of pushing paleontology forward, mm-hmm. and it was very at the time it was very scientifically accurate, and and it had a it it changed the way people thought a lot of dinosaurs looked because they were using you know actual paleontology and people who worked in that field, right? And uh, but then they didn't keep doing that, you know what I mean? Like by the time the third Jurassic Park came out, we knew that dinosaurs had feathers. That's a fact. That is a scientific fact. Dinosaurs had feathers. Mm. Velociraptors were the size of a chicken. Yeah. They looked like little chickens. And we knew that, but Jurassic Park, they can't change. You know what I mean? Because in that movie, those those aren't real dinosaurs. They're genetically engineered. Yeah, the Velociraptor was modeled after the Deinonychus. The, like, the, like yeah. The, the Deinonychus and the Struthiomimus were like yeah. these like larger, almost ostrich-sized dinosaur, dinosaurs. That dinosaur was... Uh, discovered like the year Jurassic Park came out mm. like that dinosaur was very newly discovered and the velociraptor in Jurassic Park is basically the dinosaur yeah. and uh but uh I have a friend who's a paleontologist and he loves and hates Jurassic Park and he loves it because he loves dinosaurs but he's always like that's not what they look like they right. like they look you know you can talk about it's fine in Jurassic Park but like when Jurassic World came out there's you know, a couple dinosaurs that are just, they're just wrong. They're just not scientifically, mm-hmm. in any way. I came across this, um, it was a, a TV, like, news, spe- you know, back when the news was still a part of TV, before yeah. it was like, we yeah, want yeah. to tell you how to think. Yeah. But um, it was uh, the scandal that had happened with uh, some of these scientists at the Smithsonian, like uh, National Geographic had brought to them this quote-unquote species mm-hmm. that was found. It was kind of like an Archaeopteryx, but yeah. it, it was not an Archaeopteryx. Right. Um, but the uh, scientists at the Smithsonian, these other, uh, uh, what do you call it? Paleobiogeologists, uh-huh. uh, had taken a look at this, and they're like, this is one of the most beautiful frauds we've ever seen. Uh, this particular skeleton was made up of like something like eighteen different species. Yeah. Even like the uh, the feet on it. What they did. It's really cool if you think about how much effort they put into this. They took the foot of one larger animal and broke it and broke yeah. every bone in half and made two feet out of it. So they sent it back to National Geographic with, hey, you guys got hosed. Yeah. You know this. This is actually not because it was a it was like a full feathered dinosaur right. like like n- that they argued that like it didn't show any reptilian other than I guess like uh, sort of like the structure of the skeleton itself yeah, yeah. but everything else was you know uh, air sacs hollowed out bones right, all right. of this stuff like a bird and National Geographic put it on the front cover of their page of a new breakthrough species was discovered. Dude, that happens more. So there's another, um, there's another dinosaur that was discovered a couple years ago called the Dakota Raptor. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a large velociraptor. Like there, there's a bunch of raptors that are all very similar, very small differences, but somebody found, uh, one and it's, it's pretty large. It's like a pretty, like probably like Jurassic Park size, I think, uh, but it's 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 not a real dinosaur. It, right. Within the within the paleontology world, they have they found out that it was, it was like, kind of like just what you were saying. It was a mixture of bones. Mm-hmm. Somebody found it and said, "Hey, I found this dinosaur," and he knew that it wasn't. He knew it wasn't complete, but the data was already out there, 
and there are like you can you can Google Dakota Raptor and pictures will come up and it will tell you all about it. And I have a couple books at home about dinosaurs that have Dakota Raptor in it, and it just never existed. But it's like it's well, it's peop- it's a lot harder they to retroactively. Yeah, you fix can't. It. Yeah, they don't care about that. Like it, it got put. The guy was like, "Hey, I found this Dakota Raptor. Here's all the stuff," and he put it out there, and it's out there. There's nobody saying like, "Pull that down." That's not you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just like that happens a lot. Because paleontology is just like any other science. It's like, it changes all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? It changes constantly. There's things, they can find one little thing and be like, oh shit, this is completely... Uh, Last year, they found out that the the Spinosaur... So, Spinosaur, the dinosaur in Jurassic Park 3, the one that kills the T-Rex. You know, there's a whole scene where it's like swimming towards the end. And for a long time, it's been just widely known as a fact that they could swim... And that, that they hunted. And then somebody found uh, last year that they think this isn't fact yet. Nobody, they're not sure. But they found another spe- uh, another specimen and they think that the construction of the skeleton used like juvenile bones for, for the front arms. Like they, not on purpose. Right. But they think it was put together wrong. And they were like, the way I, the guy was like, the way I think it was put together would maybe show that it couldn't swim in the water. So there's kind of a split. Some people some people think that guy's right. Some people think he's not. And it's like, you don't you don't ever know. They're fucking, they've been dead for 65 million years. Yeah. It's like, unless you find a, a full skeleton or multiple skeletons that you can put together, like, it's constantly changing. Well, there was, um, there was this company in the uh, 19th century, you know, because that's whenever, like, first started really discovering yeah. a lot here in North America. Yeah. So there was this like Chinese company that was swindling a lot of investors back mm-hmm. in America to be like, oh, we found dinosaurs too. And a lot of these, uh, and I, I wish I could remember like some of the specific examples, but a lot of these like models that they would send back uh, to America, they found out, uh, you know, in hindsight, that they were 100% fraudulent, but yeah. because they had already, like, oh well, it's right there next to the Triceratops, <laughs> and it would, we don't, yeah. we don't want to admit we made a mistake, so instead we'll just we'll keep it there with some of the right. you know, ones yeah. that we have already found. It's weird, man. They, that kind of stuff happens a lot, and they, and they, a lot of times they'll find out that a dinosaur they thought existed. Uh, I think it happened with. Um, Maybe the Taurosaurus. I'm not sure if that's the right one, but there is a, a dinosaur that they thought existed, kind of like a rel- another a ceratopsian, like kind of mm-hmm. like a Triceratops. But then, like a couple years ago, they realized, like, oh no, that's just a juvenile Triceratops. Right. So you just got rid of a whole dinosaur because it's just a juvenile of that one. I, I've seen something. Somebody had tried to make an argument with like Monoclonius to Rhinoceros, and they. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, the uh, rhino evolved from the monoclonius. Yeah. It's like, may- maybe, call me crazy, <laughs> call me skeptic, maybe there's more than one horned exactly. like species <laughs> that is a quadruped. Yeah. You know? It's weird, man. It's a weird field. Like, I've learned so much from my friend Antoine, who I, I met him because he has like a full bodysuit of dinosaur tattoos. Oh, nice. And, uh, I just like found him on Facebook or Instagram and started like tag. Anytime I was getting a, a dinosaur tattoo, I'd tag him in it or something. And uh, he, we just became friends. And he was like, "Hey, I got." He had a he had like half of a leg open, and uh, he didn't like the artist. He he wasn't getting along with an artist. He's like, "Hey, do you want to do it?" And I was like, "All right." So like, <laughs> dude lives in France. 
Oh, shit. He comes over to the United States like once a year, and now I've, I've tattooed like a whole leg on him, you That's know? Awesome. But I learn about. He, he's always talking to me about stuff. I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he'll, he'll start hitting me with all these big words, and I'm like, I'm not a paleontologist. I was like, I know more about dinosaurs than most people, but I don't know what you're talking about. Dude. Right. It's pretty wild. Yeah, though. it's weird. Yeah, it's cool, though. So how's the, uh, 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 the, the album coming, being a one-man band? You're, you're, you may be the only other dude I know that is within like a 50-mile yeah. radius that is also arguably dude, a one-man band. I don't know how to like... When I got my iPad... So I bought an iPad because like I needed it for work, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it comes with GarageBand on it. Right. And I was like, oh, look how easy this is. Like we, you know, when back when we were in like SK and like when the Val was around mm-hmm. and shit like that, like you had to pay a lot of money if you wanted to record anything. And it's like now if I was in an actual band, I could set my iPad up with this microphone, hit record, and it would sound pretty good. Right. So like when you get GarageBand, and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I know GarageBand's not like a real... It's still a DAW. Like, it, I, yeah. I, I've known a, a few friends that, like, they, Dude, they swear by it. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't really know anything about, like, recording or home record or anything. Like, I just, I bought a fucking iPad. It's got GarageBand on it. And I figured out how to, like, use it. And I was like, I'm just going to start recording stuff. And I think the first thing I recorded was, like, I made one of the songs on that album that I sent you is like a full piano version of a song that we were going to do in the last band I was in. And it just, the band never like worked out. Right. And I, I always really liked it. So I just like fully, I just rec- figured it out and recorded it. And uh, that's just what I've been doing because it's like, I don't know anybody who's in, I don't know anybody who either has the time to be in a band or wants to like do the kind of music that I would like to do. Right. So it's like the only other option is to just do it yourself. Yeah. And I don't know how to play a whole lot of instruments. I can like figure stuff out on a guitar. I could figure stuff out on a piano. And, you know, the music that I recorded on there, it's maybe not exactly what I would, if I had a band, I would maybe, it would probably sound a little different, but that's because I don't have electric guitars or like a drum set. I'm doing it all like all my drums are digital and it's like I got an acoustic guitar and a uh, I just have to kind of like make do with it, so it all kind of is like acoustic-y and piano-y because that's what I can figure out how yeah. to do. But uh, yeah, dude, I've been working on that. St- it, it, I never intended to like put a album together. I was just like, I'm gonna record some stuff here and there, and then like I didn't really like do a whole lot of writing after not being in a band. But then like you know when you're Sometimes you just want to write something or sometimes something happens in your life and you write about it. And like, it just started, I started like looking at all these weird little, some of those things were just things I was bored and I would start recording. But then when I started putting lyrics to it, I was like, oh, this all kind of goes together. This is all, half of it is like pretty personal stuff. And then half of it is, I, I realized that half of it was personal. And then that half of it was just like Shakespeare. It was like, references to Shakespeare and stuff like that. I'm right. like, oh, I'm just going to put all this together. I, <laughs> I found that uh, be, being sort of like the one-man band is... I, I get a bigger payoff from it whenever I finish something. Yeah. Because it's, like you said, let alone finding people that You don't have, have to like compromise with anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Like... And I've, I've had that before with people that they're like, oh, we should be in a band together. In my yeah. mind, I'm like... Bro, nope. You, you poor bastard. 
you, you haven't you haven't uh, got my ego at full full volume yet. But yeah, of course I'm like like oh, yeah sure. Usually what I'll tell people is that um, I don't know about being in a band, but like I'm anytime you want to like jam, just yeah. improvise. Like I'm totally down for that. Yeah. But I would come across people that they'll see or hear some of the ideas that I've been working on for, you know, like years and yeah. I'm like, like, oh man, like, yeah, we should totally do this. It's like, ooh, cool you jets, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna just come in here and latch on to something. Because yeah. especially like, like some of the stuff I do, you know, like your digital drums, digital piano, all this, like you have to build all that stuff individually, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's not like I'm just dropping in sample loops. Right. So, I mean, especially for, like, a lot of my records, like the drums, uh, I'm, it, the drum is not just like a, like a hip-hop beat where, like, you take eight measures yeah. and it just loops right. endlessly. So, you know, you have to put stuff in there where it's like, okay, how can this take the idea in my head and sound like it's somebody actually playing the drums and not like, do 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 exactly. do 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 exactly. It's like, oh, sweet Phil Collins. <laughs> I dig it. That's what, like, the stuff, mine, some of it is loops, mm-hmm. but only a small amount of it, and it's only, the only loops I did use were some drum loops. Right. But I would do this thing where I would use a, a drum loop, but then I would build drums on top of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would be like, okay, I'll leave this loop in there, but then I'm going to do another a whole other layer of like manual <laughs> drums but like all that all the piano stuff all the guitar stuff that's me sitting down and playing it yeah and taking forever to figure out how to learn it and recording it but if i had to sit down at a piano i'd be like hold on let me remember i'd have to sit and remember <laughs> at one point like at one point i was like i wonder if there's a way i can take all of this data and maybe like bring it to uh you know Maybe bring it to Earth Sound and give it to him and be like, "Can you make all this sound better?" Because mm-hmm. I like listen to your stuff and I'm like, "Look how listen how good all this is. all sounds so good." Usually, but I know you've done most of that yourself because mm-hmm. I asked you about it. Yeah. But... Usually the uh, the drum samples, uh, we'll we'll use Lee's samples as right. opposed to mine because right. he's got like almost two decades worth of yeah. drum samples yeah. that are his, you know, from bands I've been right, in. Right. So you can use programs like Trigger. Uh, used to be Drumagog. I don't know what it's called now. But it'll pretty much take the uh, the MIDI note that you have, and then whatever the velocity of that note is, and it'll play. You can add in like like with one bank, something like sixteen samples yeah. just for this like snare. Right. So that way, it's not going to sound like the same uh-huh. snare every exactly. time. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's normally like whenever like the first day in the studio, that's always like the most boring part. Cause it's like, all right, let's load all these tracks in yeah, and, yeah. and sit here and just wait for all of them to get in. <laughs> it's like, fuck man. Can we, can we start like singing tunes? Yeah. And, like <laughs> like I, with, with me, it's my favorite parts of making an album are, it's usually discovering something like while I'm either you know tracking vocals or a string instrument or something yeah. that I didn't think of before and it'll pop in in the middle of a take. Right. And like a lot of times just throughout the past like 15 years of me making albums with bands or solo, that's usually like really rewarding because it's something I didn't think about until I'm actually in there. Right. And the other favorite part is the mix down because that's whenever you yeah. get to like real... starts Yeah, you get to get yeah. that ear candy going. It's yeah. like, you know, it'd be cool if... I was sounding like I'm in an old-timey radio, <laughs> just in this measure. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's put a bandpass filter in there and bring up a little bit of game. And yeah. 
It's fun stuff though. Yeah, dude. I just don't know. I, I just don't like. I don't know if it's because I don't have the patience or, or I don't know. Maybe I don't have the money to bring it and try to do more. I just I got it to a point where I'm like, oh, to me this all sounds pretty good. It's not the highest quality, mm-hmm. but I'm also like not. I don't. I don't have any plans to do anything with it. You know what I mean? Like right. I made it and I've been working on it for so long and then it got to a point where I'm like, "Oh, I think I I think I made something that's a finished thing here." But I don't really have plans to like I don't even know if I'm going to put it out there for anybody. I don't know. Like I sent it to I sent it to you and I mm. sent it to a couple other friends and then um I I uh, I had it I had it on uh I uploaded it all to uh what is it? Uh, SoundCloud because I was like I don't know where to even put this but I put it on SoundCloud to let people hear it but then I started noticing that on SoundCloud it was like it was staticky it didn't sound very good and I, I, I noticed that listening to it in my car one day I was like this sounds staticky on SoundCloud but if I listen to it directly from GarageBand it sounds fine. So I ended up uploading it all to YouTube, which is how I sent it to you the last right. time. And I'm like, it sounds pretty good on here. I think it's good. I took it all. I put it. It's all on private currently because I'm tinkering around with it. But I'm right. like, I kind of think it's just going to be a, a thing where I might, I might, I might post it on Facebook and be like, hey, here's a thing that I kind of made. This is there's a lot of weird nonsense in here. Right. Uh, and some of it is very personal. But I was like, beyond that. I, I don't know if I care to like get it super mixed or anything because I'm like I'm not gonna do anything with it. I don't think. Well, like with with me, it's it's like a like a like a life vanity project, right? Yeah. So that like I, I have almost zero interest in like going out and gigging again and like finding a band. It's, yeah. One, I, I don't have time for that. Like I've 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 got you know a, a big boy job. I right, have to go right, to right. like forty plus hours a week. And aside from that, it's you know, musicians and dealing with the ego of an artist, and then you, it's like, all right, let's take three plus of these artists and put them together and try yeah. to get something to come out. Yeah, it's it's painstaking to put it mildly. It is, yeah. Um, but I uh, I, I like the idea of taking so much time uh, with my albums, uh, just because the payoff is greater mm-hmm. normally. And yeah, like like I, I have to save money if I if I want to record it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm balling like that. Like yeah, oh, I just sure. got three months right, studio right. time. <laughs> you know, it's like oh my god, if I had three months of studio time, dude, I would put out like You'd three out albums. Kind of, yeah. dude. Oh my god, like some epic like. Although the one one working on now, uh, we're we're gonna see when it's uh, it may it may see the light of day this year. It may yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but it's it's gonna be pretty dope. But um, you, uh, a few years ago, I, I sort of made a, uh, what do you call it, a goal for myself that every five years, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the, the first Suicide Project album, that every five years, I put out something. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I've been doing that so yeah. far. The, uh, the last one I did, the Stupid Girls Are Ugly, was kind of a, uh, kind of a bit of an experiment because we tracked and mixed that all in a weekend. So it was kind of like oh, okay. art vomit, where it's yeah. like, all right, here's the tracks we got. Let's just see what we get done. Right, right. <laughs> there yeah. it is, yeah. you know. Um, so it was it was a different kind of therapeutic process than yeah. something 
like long-winded because that one was just one year. It was just, all right, right. write these songs, get my drums and all that built and go in, track it, and it's it's done. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, was, it was cool to do that and a challenge as well, but there was, a, there was one song that I ended up cutting from it the like the night before I was supposed to go in track and I'm listening to like my mix downs and mm-hmm. something just came in just like something's not right with this and you yeah know, I so you. so I shelved it I'm really glad I did because now like like it's on the the one I'm working on now and it's changed so yeah, much yeah you can change it and make it fit like yeah it would it would have just been a wasted idea mm-hmm. and plus it didn't fit in kind of with the the nasty punk kind of you know sophomoric right, right. album uh but i uh you know I've, I've always kind of like loved the idea of like an album more so than like a song anyway yeah. you know um i think that's one thing you and i became friends from initially because it was back when uh corn was still treating albums yeah. like a big artistic venture mm-hmm. though i will say i will say the most recent one they put out i forget the name of it I don't, I don't the nothing i maybe? think so yeah yeah but um musically it's like okay like they're yeah it's, it's not bad at all yeah, not yeah. bad at all but then lyrically with jonathan davis it's like so you're still kind of hurt huh? <laughs> <laughs> still gonna hurt and angry yeah dude. Oof. and it's and it kind of sucks because like you look at like um like Korn's like first three albums and they were so different yeah. like they were so bizarre for like alternative and metal in the 90s and then they just sort of plateaued for a long time and i think you know as you get older and as musicians your you know your tastes sort of change for you sure. know artistically yeah. and then it's just not i i don't think that his lyrics sort of evolved past follow the leader I Dude, think a, a lot of those got. kind of like i feel like a lot of the music I was listening to, like, in high school or when I got out of high school and when, when I was in a band band, mm. a lot of that stuff, it's like, sometimes if I listen back to it, I still love a lot of it, but sometimes I'm like, these are grown men. What are they talking about? I was 18 and 19 yeah. when I was in, you know, Serial Carpens, like, whining about whatever and talking about how much i hated the world but i was fucking i was 19 years old 20 years old and shit and i'm like jonathan davis is a 45 year old man (laughs) however fucking old he is and i'm like dude come write write something dude like it's like you're writing the same song over and over and over i do not like the world my pain (laughs) is great today dude i hit like a point where like i stopped i wasn't you know our band broke up we tried to form another band a couple of years later. Me, Ben, and Larry Lockwood mm-hmm. started something, and I it was it was so much just with the three of us. I was like, this is so different than what that was. Like everybody's musical tastes are evolved a little bit, and I was like, I don't listen to any like back when we were doing shit it was like you know we had people who thought we were a corn cover band and none of our songs were corn i was like we just sound like corn a lot yeah you know it's just because that's all we listen to it was like well like your your band and my band in like high school like we were talking about this on the first episode we weren't the cool bands like we got no. heckled so much yeah. by like these we were like new metal scene kids yeah for sure and um <laughs> i was telling uh some sunny you know ben's wife yeah. the uh the irony of that, you know, a lot of these scene kids that 
would heckle like Ben and Jake back in the day, and now they're kissing y'all's ass. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, hey, hey, Jake. <laughs> Dude, I remember playing, uh, God, was it one? I think it was one up. You remember One Up? Oh, hell yeah. It was like upstairs. I remember we were That's where playing. I saw the Blood Brothers. I saw yeah. Under Oath there. We were, we were playing there one night, and somebody threw, somebody was throwing, like, lit cigarettes at us. What the fuck, Yeah, man. And I remember... Anybody I, that throws something at a band is dude, a fucking loser. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, whatever, dude. You know, it was so dumb. It was just... It's, it's fucking gross to me, man. It's it is, because yeah. it's... And a lot of these... A lot of these, uh, you know, kids that were, they were trying to be, you know, punk and rebellion. All they were doing was fitting into the post-hardcore culture. Yeah. Like, they weren't doing anything original. Yep. They, you know, a lot of times their bands all sounded the same. Exactly. They did. They all sounded the same for sure. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, personally, I like, it doesn't matter the genre. I like a heavy rhythm section because yeah. it moves my body. Yeah. So even, like, listening to, like, Gustav Holt's, you know, a Suite of the Planets and, like, you know, like, Mars will come on with that. Dun, 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 It's classical music, right. but, like, that yeah. shit fucking rocks, yep. dude. And I like melody with it as well. Me too. And your all's band had that yeah. where, like, you had melodic vocals... Yeah, with heavy music. Well, dude, I that's I there. That's what I like, man. I like singing. I don't like like screaming is fine, and I we did a lot of screaming. Yeah, but I feel like when 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 a band is just screaming, it's so. I feel like if you have a mix of singing and screaming, it really like uh, they complement each other, and it makes the singing and it makes the screaming feel more emotional when there's like when you have a song that's a lot of singing and then all of a sudden there's some screaming happening right it like puts a if it's just all screaming all the time it's just like i can't understand i don't i don't okay it all sounds i I normally can't start my day off on that heavy of a note anyways i want to like i got into a point where so i feel like i didn't even we did a lot of singing but i feel like i around the the last couple of years of our band, and especially after, I got really big into like listening to musicals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this sounds so good. I was like, this over heavy. That's why I liked you guys so much. I was like, man, I was like, the singing just sound. It sounds good. You yeah. Know? Like when you can get a good melody and then throw some screaming in there to like accent it. To me, that's that's what I always like. That's why we like playing with you guys. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Like I had um. It was right after I did the the Suicide Project record, and a friend of mine was like, oh, you made a Mr. Bungle album. I didn't know who Mr. Bungle was, so I was just like, all right, whatever. (laughs) And then somebody else made the comment as well, like, oh, you made a Mr. Bungle record. I was like, who who is he? I don't know. And they're like, oh, Mr. Bungle's a band. It's Mike Patton's uh, band. Mike Patton was uh, from Faith No More. Okay. And uh, there's an album they did... In 1999, it was their last album. It's called California. And the genre will change song to song. And sometimes it'll change in the song itself. Right. And whenever I heard it, I was like, this is the album I always wanted somebody to make. Yeah. Because it's you you didn't know what kind of band it even was. Yeah. So like one song would be like this like like a noir detective kind of like smoky jazz room. (laughs) And then the next one would be like like Mediterranean metal, like like System of a Down, yeah. but like huh. more musical and operatic style. 
Were they a full band? Oh yeah, it was five dudes. I was just, I was just wondering if that's like kind of a product from doing everything yourself because I feel like the stuff that I put together, some of it that sounds so completely different isn't because I was like I want this one to sound. It's just like when I start messing around and recording stuff, mm. and you're kind of limited to what you have in that you know garage band or your guitar or whatever. It's like I put together something. I'm like oh. This sounds so weird and different than that. Right. And it wasn't on, it's not like on purpose. It's not that I'm trying to make something where everything sounds different. It's just how it turns out sometimes. Yeah. Usually with me, it's, it's just about like ideas. And then like they'll sort of like, uh, like grow like weeds, yeah. right? And sometimes they'll, it'll connect to another idea and be like, oh, I can use that part right. with this part. And there, like, that's how like a, yeah. a song will be structured together. Yeah. And then other times it, um, it'll just sort of be like a like a guitar riff, and it'll be like, all right, I love everything on like this guitar riff. Now let me cater around it yeah. and build something. But it's it's very it's very rare that it's ever like I know exactly what I'm doing yeah, here, you, and yeah, we're gonna you know, go. It kind of kind of ruins the. Um, I almost like a, makes it inauthentic in yeah. a way if you're just going in and. Sort of, um, you you know exactly how the song is going to go as a listener from the time it starts, Um, because then it becomes sort of formulaic, Mm -hmm. you know. And like I, I tend to not enjoy that music normally. And it's not saying formulaic music can't be enjoyable, but normally, if you know exactly how a song's going to go, then the there's a very small window of songs within that category that you're going to latch on to. Versus if it's something like the most famous of them all, Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. where like it's, it's this phenomena that has like, in my opinion, it's the greatest rock and roll song that's ever been written Mm -hmm. is Bohemian Rhapsody. Chop Suey may come in second place, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, like the, if you'd never heard Bohemian Rhapsody and you started off, and you listen to it, by the end of it, yeah. you're just going to be floored, place, you yeah. know? Um, I, I I love that kind of music, and I think that's one thing that uh, originally, like, Tool, or Tool, uh, Korn's music had, yeah. was, especially, like, something like Follow the Leader, where, yeah. like, you listen to, like, the first four tracks, and you're like, like, damn, this just kind of, like, funk metal, and then Ice Cube comes on, yeah. it's like, oh, shit! <laughs> Or like you're listening to this is something, this is something I think you do a lot, and I and I think I do it in maybe one or two of the tracks on that album. Is it's like, it's it almost sounds like you're listening to a a normal song, mm-hmm. but then there's like a four minute rant, <laughs> and it's like there's music, and it's not even it's not that you're singing or maybe you're singing or yelling it, but you're just talking about something. Yeah, and you don't hear a lot of stuff like that. But I like that kind of. I like that kind well, of. Well, especially if it's like, I don't know. It just sounds like you really. Uh, I, I had to tell somebody. My the very last track on mine is like eight minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's like the first four or five minutes just sound kind of like a boring song. If you're just listening, it's just a slow. But then it becomes a completely different thing, and it's basically like a four minute rant at the end. And I and I had to tell somebody like, hey, listen to that whole thing. Don't. I was like, don't listen to the first three minutes and think I've heard the song and shut it off. Right. That stuff's fun. I, I don't know. That's like being surprised by a song. You mm-hmm. know? Well, I've always I've always loved the art of lyricism in itself. Yeah. Um, that's so I try to um, 
my, my records almost take a hip hop production with it mm -hmm. because you know like I, I have to make my beats it's just that my beats are typically not hip hop beats right. you know but uh, the the lyricism with hip hop is is something that I, I try to draw from and maybe uh, to my <laughs> to my own fault but like I'll, I'll try to always challenge myself lyrically before I will musically mm -hmm. so on like uh, there's a particular song that was uh, on the last one called Soapbox Celebrity that's one of my favorite ones where that's, that's my favorite it's one of my song favorite that ones, I've yeah. done um, and it, it, it was designed to purposely sort of get under the skin of the listener and then at the end sort of because it's all these words are all jumbled together, and mm -hmm. then at the end, uh, I say the word wrong, yeah. and there's a, a figurative mic drop that happens when the beat comes in, mm -hmm. and it's just like this doomy epic space thing. So like I, I like that like whenever I can listen to some because I like the music I make. That's why I make it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I like being able to listen to something I've done that like. Not only that I like, but I'm like, that was a good idea. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Like, in fact, a lot of times the music I make, it's been like, thank God that idea is not in my head anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, you have this intangible idea, and then when you make it tangible, mm -hmm. that's like, oh, now I can enjoy it. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll listen to it and be like, I'm glad this idea is not still <laughs> rolling around up yeah. in my head. Um, but no normally with me, it comes to like the, the lyrics. So like, on like the Suicide Project album, there's, there's maybe like three or four songs in there. Like today I can listen to them and be like, I enjoy that. Yeah. And the rest of them, I'm just like, well, that shows me where I was at, at 22 years right, old, right. you know? But, um, like I look at like, you know, some of my favorite lyricists were, you know, uh, Marilyn Manson, yeah. uh, Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse, mm -hmm. I love him. Uh, Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. Sure. Um, so, and all, all three of those guys, like the the manner in which they structure their lyrics, it's not necessarily reflective of the music they make. So even like Rage Against the Machine, which is mostly hip hop, he still has like spoken word that'll yeah. be in there, and he still has hardcore elements where it's like, no, I'm not gonna do any hip hop in this song. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's like, uh, like reading some like Bukowski, just mm -hmm. really angrily, you know. Right. Um, and you know, Mar Marilyn Manson, you know, like when I was when I was younger, it was it was so controversial, more so on the image, but like. I, I ended up, I guess, quote unquote, converting a lot of people that were like, you know die-hard, you know, religious fundamentalists uh, in high school are like, you know, oh, he's, that's evil, he's devil worship or something. Mm -hmm. like, like, man, are you, did you listen? He made an album talking about how the Antichrist would rise up through the guise of Christianity yeah. and American politics and, <laughs> like, it's, it should be, like, right up their alley, right, right. lyrically speaking, but anyway. But just the look of it. Yeah, yeah. Keeps them away from it. Yeah, and so then you, like, you, like, listen to something like Modest Mouse, you're like, oh, that's really pretty, and then you start reading some of like the like, just like oh, haunting lyrics that like Isaac Brock will have, yeah. like, uh, or even just like sometimes they're just utterly profound. Like he has a song uh, talking shit about a pretty sunset, where mm -hmm. he uh, says, uh, "Changed my mind so much I can't even trust it. My mind changed me so much that I can't even trust myself." <laughs> and so it's like this, like, 
existential dread that's going on in his lyrics, and right. yet the song is like ethereal and like really yeah. dreamy and like comforting and I sort like of that. wraps you in a warm yeah. hug. Meanwhile, he's just like, like, oh fuck, man, life, huh, fellas? I got like when I was in high school, I, I had like my literature class and started, you know, you, you start having to read like Shakespeare and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I got super obsessed with it, and I was like, I was just like, whoa, this. You know, is... he came up with the word eyeball. Dude, he's come up with so many words yeah. that you're just like, really? <laughs> Dude, I got super obsessed with Shakespeare and especially the stuff that's like, uh, you know, like Titus Andronicus, where it's really like that play is about, God, that play is about like a guy whose daughter gets her arms and her tongue cut out. And he, he, yeah, it's super weird. He like bakes some people into a pie at some point and feeds their mother. It's super like, it's like, Whoa, it's not like Romeo and Juliet. Right. Which also is I just think Shakespeare's writing is so it's beautiful. Yeah. Whether it's about shit like, you know, getting murdered and your tongue cut out or whatever, but like I got super obsessed with it. And then after after that, somebody let me hear uh a friend of mine was like, Hey, I think you'd like this and they handed me Vendetta Red. Mm-hmm. Sisters from the Red Death is the name of the album. And they they have a couple albums, but that one in particular is very specifically, like, I listened to it and I was like, oh, this sounds like, it's Shakespearean. Right. Like, it sounds like prose and something Shakespeare would write, but it's also, like, some of it is very beautiful, but then some of it is, like, the roughest, like, most bleak stuff I've ever heard. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to do. I, that's what I want to do. Like, it just sounds so like, uh, God, you, you should check it. I don't know if you've ever. I know Vendetta you Red. You know Vendetta yeah. Red? Dude, that like, they gave me that album and it like, it completely changed my, my like music listening life. You know what I mean? I was like, at, at that point I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I love, I love that the albums have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Right. Cause it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's the collective idea, yeah. right? That it's um, it's greater than the uh, the sum of all of its parts. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's yeah. the expression. But um, like that's kind of why like I I like taking so much time with making music and like you said earlier, it was like oh maybe I'll put this idea out, maybe I won't. Yeah, you know. So like if I'm if I'm just rushing the idea, and normally it's happened with me with bands before where it's like, hey, we need to write more, we need to write more. And it's like, for me, it's like, all right, it's writing for me is a really long process. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that, like, if I'm jamming with you, I'm going to remember everything I played because right. I'm just not. Like, I'll, I can tap into what you're playing. Um, but the, uh, the idea with, like, writing an album, you know, it's, it's so meticulous and, like, step by step. And mm-hmm. those ideas are going to evolve over time. For but, sure. but, like, I'll start, like, thinking about, like, the chronology of an album. Be like, okay, now how do I want to start it? Where do I want to end it? Which songs are going to lead up? Am I going to have, like, where it's... I find um, if you have, like, everything that's, like, heavy up front and then you have everything that's soft in the back, that's not going to be really that enjoyable yeah. to listen. You right. know what I mean? Um I did learn something about, uh, speaking of chronology of tracks, as far as a reason why we have, um, I guess you would say, like kind of like a, a standard model for like uh, that record labels will use to arrange songs on an album. Mm-hmm. So um, 
you know, back before uh, you had compact discs or you know, even you know, streaming, uh, everything was, going, was being put to vinyl, right? So the, uh, the capacity for vinyl, it's, uh, it has frequency capacities on it, right? So when you start the record, the uh, vinyl is going to have the capacity for a bigger low end or a bigger bottom than it is as side okay. A gets to the end. Gotcha. So what they would do, they would structure it to where it's like, okay, well, the first, I think it's 22 minutes is what the max is on a side for vinyl. Yeah. So they would say that, like, okay, so for the last, like, five minutes of a side, they would usually have something where there wouldn't be drums in it or yeah, there'd be yeah, no yeah. bass in it. Oh, weird. And it's because if they had a bass-heavy track that fell towards the inside of the, the vinyl, mm -hmm. the bass would be lost because oh. it wouldn't be heard. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, uh, going into the CD age, they still more or less would design albums like that to have around, like, the... Uh, if you split the track list in two, so the latter half of the first half of the uh, track list would usually be like softer, in particular the last track in the first half would be like the softest one on right. the album. Right. And then the next song would typically be one of the heaviest songs yeah. on the album. It's because <laughs> you have more bass. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I when I when I put my listing together <coughs> for the for the last thing I just did, I I just kind of thought about it about how uh, my like God, I feel like it's a little hard to explain like each each one of those songs that has something like personal mm -hmm. in it I kind of tried to put it where this was how I was feeling at first then I started feeling like this then I started feeling right. you know what I mean that and I just kind of that's the order these need to go in you right. know what I mean it's like it needs to start where I started and it needs to and where like mentally I feel like I'm at yeah I, I, I love that about making albums yeah. is that like you, you you want to do the whole idea justice and not just like like uh, this is my favorite song on yeah it. like yeah yeah like mo even like my favorite albums like they're almost always like conceptual albums arguably yeah, yeah. you know um, I, I find that that it's kind of like video games it gives replay value a lot more to it than if it's just sort of like if everything's sort of in these four-minute chunks, right. verse, chorus, verse, yeah, chorus, yeah, verse, yeah, you know, sure. it, um, I don't know, it's still, it's still magical to me. It's one reason why I like, uh, like Queens of the Stone Age so much is like every one of their albums has its own personality right. to it, um, and even like, like the guitar tone will differ on every album. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes uh, I was reading up about Josh Homme, he'll even use only specific equipment. For a particular album, so they did an album, Lullabies to Paralyze. It had a little sister was like the big song on it, but um, he used almost exclusively hollow body guitars for the whole album, mm -hmm. and it gives the album like its own sort of feel. Yeah. Uh, System of a Down for their Mesmerize Hypnotize double yeah, album, yeah. they tuned up half a step. Okay. To put uh, the listener in a different sonic space. So right. if you listen to like Toxicity or the self-title. They're in drop C tuning, uh -huh. and everything mesmerized, hypnotized is drop C sharp. Right. So I have it's like some... a shock, a little bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, um, I had a couple of friends of mine that are also System of a Down fans, and they'll, uh, they'll uh, had said that oh, I don't really care for mesmerized, hypnotized. It just it doesn't sound as heavy. And it's like, well, I mean, I get that one because they're getting 
older whenever they yeah. made it. But two, it's because it's in a different uh, pitch than they also, everything else. I feel like they also when they when they did those two albums. I feel like there's so much more harmonizing on those two, like oh, yeah. between the two, the, you know, the two singers, the two vocalists, like, and I love that. I love that's the kind of stuff I I want to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me. Uh, I have a uh, I have a like a loop pedal that I can like try stuff out on like with guitars, but sometimes it'd just be so much easier if I just had two other sets of arms like yeah. coming out like Goro style. <laughs> Like, all right, so then I can figure out this guitar lick and then figure out on top of it. (laughs) I like the way, like, just like layering and harmonizing. I like, like, there's one of the tracks on mine, there's it's just vocals. Like, every track is there's no drums, guitars, it's just it's like 10 vocal tracks of just different. And I know that's not like a you know, you don't hear that kind of thing very often, but yeah. it's just like, uh, I don't know, there's something like atmospheric and weird about it. It just sounds good. <laughs> well, there's something with, um, I was uh, reading up about psychoacoustics once, and there's uh, something with the way we hear that we'll, uh, we will latch on to the sound of the human voice before any other sound. We will literally ignore everything right. else and put it to uh, passive listening make the human voice active listening. Okay, yeah. So there's a, uh, a thing called the uh, cocktail party effect, where if you're hearing almost exclusively human voices, and we'll say music in the background mm-hmm. since, you know, it's a party, yeah. uh, but uh, where you were, were able to zone in, lock in on usually like one conversation or one person, and then everything else that goes around us we have no idea of what's going on. It's mm-hmm. because our brain is trying to focus on so many different instances of right. human voices that it sort of just shuts down. It's like, okay, we can boom, focus on one, yeah. and then everything else will just sort it's of gone. go by yeah. the wayside. That makes sense. There's a there's another uh, cool thing. I think it was in the same chapter of it. It was talking about um, uh, like tinnitus and you know mm-hmm. like hearing damage. So uh, you know like the ringing in your ear, right? Where you know. Usually, like, after hearing a concert yeah, or something yeah. like that, you're like, like, oh, my ears are still ringing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, within our ear canal, there's all these microscopic hair uh, cilia, right? Yeah. So, um, what one uh, cilia does, one of these hairs uh, is designed to pick up a specific frequency in reality. Okay. Right? And that's that. That's its job. This one hair, it's like, all right, you're picking up 38.5 hertz or whatnot. Um, we usually can't hear that low, but anywho, um, so the ringing in your ears, what happens is when a cilla dies, it falls, right? Okay. On top of all of these other microscopic cilia, and it reverberates its <laughs> tone that it's supposed to pick up in reality, okay. and all the other cilla vibrate it with it. So, so whenever you hear that sound, that ringing in your ear, yeah. it's a swan song. It's literally the last time you will ever hear that frequency in your life. Holy shit. Fucking wild, right? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> God. So I, w- I would imagine that if somebody has tinnitus where the ringing in the ears like, you know, happens frequently, yeah. it's because you have numerous cilia dying. Dying, yeah. Man. That's intense. That's fucking wild, yeah. right? <laughs> For sure, dude. I had a... Man, the, the teacher we have for that class, he was such a douchebag. And so he's, um, 
this tiny guy, he he looks like he started puberty and then just sort of like stopped. Just gave up on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he hit puberty at twelve and then at thirteen his body was like, oh, that's that's enough. We don't yeah. need to we don't need to keep going. <laughs> so he's he's got like little man complex already and he uh <laughs> he had told us at the at the end of the semester that he was going to uh, propose to his girlfriend and that he had bonded with us so much that we were his favorite class and he wanted us to be a part of it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. So he had us film this like message of all of us standing with him of like whatever her name was, Teresa. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> Teresa, Mark has something he wants to say to you. Uh -huh. Like all this. And we thought like, oh, yeah, like that was a cool class. Buddy of mine, he had a surgery and he failed that class, so he had to retake it. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next semester, whenever it was ending for him and you know he passed it, he did the same thing what to the, the next class. Like broke down in tears, like you guys are like my favorite what class. What's he doing? I have like no an experiment. Or I guess like. So do you think he just has like? hours of footage of just semester after semester my, doing that video? My real question is, does Teresa she even exist? exist. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, I need you to... I'm proposing to my girlfriend. Dude, that's so weird. Like, She lives in Thailand so she won't be here. <laughs> we have to do it over Skype. That's so weird. Like, is he doing that as some sort of joke on the class? Is it an experiment? Does he just want everybody to think he has a fiance? Like, does like, he what? want people to leave him good remarks in like yeah, the uh, end of the year? So weird. I have, I have no. People are just fucking bizarre, dude. Find that guy, get him on your podcast, oh, and no. then just hit him with that, and they like <laughs> act like you're going to talk about other stuff. And He'll probably tell me like, "This is my favorite podcast." <laughs> <laughs> he does that on like every podcast, <laughs> dude. That's. It's fucking foul, man. I get speaking of foul things people do, like for like twenty minutes before you got here, I'm just you know scrolling through my phone, reading stuff. Come across this article that the New York Post put out today. This woman, her name was something Parker. A few years ago, she ran as mayor uh, for Denver. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was some city in Colorado, but I think it, it was Denver. Um, but she was arrested because she had been. She'd been running a um, a photography studio with uh, like newborns, right? Take pictures of newborns yeah, yeah. and offered um, some sort of promo code. It was like something like three free sessions if you know you do X Y Z or something to you know drum up business. Um, she was drugging the parents and kidnapping and stealing the kids Whoa. and apparently pushing them off as her own. Like, That's to, like, crazy. social media and Dude, stuff. Dude, people are crazy. It's fucking, like... <laughs> I was reading it, and it was, like, this woman's third session or something, bringing in her newborn, yeah. and this woman's other daughter, who knows if it's even her daughter, brought her a cupcake. And then she said she started, like, feeling nauseous and vomiting and then passed out. Because they were putting drugs in the cupcakes and giving them to parents and stealing the fucking kids. That's so weird. Like, how, one... You can't get away with that. Yeah, yeah. So, long. like, one, how do you think you're going to, yeah. like... like one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, two, like, what... 
what what is the end game result yeah, here? What's the, what's the point? You fucking collect them like Pokemon or something? <laughs> Newborns, gotta <laughs> catch them all. Like, oh, she's got another kid this week. Like, man, nobody's those forty that. weeks flew by. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great. Didn't even gain a pound from the pregnancy. That's ridiculous. It's fucking nightmarish, man. <laughs> is you, you see stuff like that and you know, like years ago, people would normally be like like. Like, well, that's that's just crazy, you know. Like that's, yeah. and now you start seeing like this kind of stuff is like happening all it's the a lot. time. Yeah, people. Yeah, there's all every every. I feel like every week there's a documentary on Netflix or mm-hmm. or there's an article about somebody who did something like you know just crazy. Or at least like, like there's nothing more evil than fucking harming a kid, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, but fucking the. The cupcake switcheroo didn't last yeah, very long. I guess not, man. Oh, you, well, what what happens if you just get one person who's like, I don't want a cupcake. I'm good. Then you, you just have to take the photos yeah, of the kid. No, and like, I think then you go to plan B, the frying pan over the head. Yeah. You know? Just knock it. <laughs> All right, quick. There's still little cartoon birds going around <laughs> in her head. Let's, let's get it before she wakes up. Fuck. It's like the... Uh, What's it called? Uh, ICE. It's like the immigration customs. It's you know people yeah, are like yeah, yeah. border patrol, but inside the borders. So while all that controversial stuff is going on, at the same time, they're also the same group that's been rounding up the pedophiles and the child traffickers as well. Yeah. And like at alarming rates, like ten thousand, like in the past three years. Yeah. And ju- just under the the Trump administration at that. Huh. It's weird to think somebody as assholish as Donald yeah. Trump has been like pushing this. Yeah, and taken care of. Yeah, but as far as the controversy with ICE, it's just about uh, 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 immigration being the focus. It's like, well, they're they're also doing this. Well, as do you well. think? Do you think they're pushing the, the the pedophile stuff? I think they have to kind of cover like. Maybe oh, the not the so good stuff, stuff that they're doing. Uh, it's like, oh, this will make them look really good since people are complaining about the other stuff. I, I think you could use that uh, for either side if you're trying to go for like a, a Boolean type of judgment, right? Yeah. So if you're like like orange man good, then of course, you right, know, right. you can use that to sort of justify like, hey, we're having soldiers that are being fucking deported. They served our country. What the fuck are you doing <laughs> deporting right. people that were in our military? Right. Just like... That, that to me is abhorrent. Like, that's disgusting. But at the same time, if you're like orange man bad, you're not also recognizing that this agency is rounding up fucking pedophiles yeah. and like child traffickers. Like, child trafficking is slavery. Yeah. Like, it's, it's using children as a commodity. And you look at like all the uh, Epstein stuff. Right. Where I think that sort of red-pilled a lot of people that normally don't l- want to think or even look at some of the horrible things that people are capable mm-hmm. of. And when usually when you're an artist, and especially like you and I are sort of like into macabre kind yeah. of romanticizing yeah, like yeah, the yeah, darkness yeah. of art anyways, you, you sort of know that just like, yeah, the world's fucked up. Yeah. Man. <laughs> there's <laughs> shit happening. Yeah, there's some foul shit. It's it's not so black and white, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I still have hope. I, I think that honestly that we've... Uh, there's been a, a sort of a power structure that has been happening uh, since 1980. In 1978, the um, Supreme Court ruled <coughs> that a, a corporation can donate as 
much money as they want to a political campaign because to stifle that would be an infringement on their First Amendment right to free speech. Mm -hmm. However, you as an individual and I as an individual cannot contribute that kind of money. Right. Like, otherwise, it's, it's a crime. Yeah. Um, aside from that... I, I mean, I think companies should have rights, but I don't think we should be equating them to, like, an individual's rights, yeah. like, a, like a human being. GE did not form through evolution. <laughs> you know, Coca-Cola was not made on the sixth day. These things are not naturally occurring, no right. matter what your viewpoint yeah. is. So, and then you see in the, the Reagan administration, you see foreign banking cartels get involved in our politics. And they had been like the whole time and Big Pharma had been involved and then you see this gangster from New York that's now the president and he didn't have their money. Right. However, their money is deeply involved in the media so it's 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 this underground war that's sort yeah. of going on and in the modern scope of it, it, it enrages people so much that I don't think a lot of folks are thinking rationally. Right. I think they're just seeing something and just getting triggered by it. That's and, a big problem everywhere, all around mm -hmm. the board. Irrationalism. Well, the fact that, like, like people are, aren't even willing to converse with other people. Like, you and I obviously don't have the same ideological point of view. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't fucking care. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's, it's our subjective view of the world right. and how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I both agree on, you don't force your belief on anybody else. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be forced on some... Who want, like, nobody wants... Like, why, do you, why does anybody think starting an argument with somebody... And telling them that they're wrong. Where, where do you think that's going to change you? You know, like you were talking about the veganism thing earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, people, there are people who get out there and like will protest, and they'll get in, they'll get in somebody's face and try to tell them how they're contributing, you know, to the death of a million animals or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. the the attitude that you're giving those people. If that were me, if I if I were a meat eater and somebody and you came up to me and you talked to me like that, I'd be mm -hmm. like, I'm about to go eat so much meat right yeah, now. You yeah. know what I mean? It You're doing the opposite of yeah. what you why do people like that's it, why would you want to argue with somebody or like you can't you can't yell at somebody and tell them what you're doing is the wrong way to do it. You just have to kind of show them that there are other options and like you have to come to that kind of understanding in a different way. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. wants to be told they're wrong. No. Well, I mean, plus if you approach it like an ideologue and like, like me, I, I, I tend to ruffle feathers anyway, because just, I, if the instant that I know somebody has given me some sort of ultimatum, it doesn't matter if I agree or disagree. If you're giving me an ultimatum, 99% of the times I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. Just because I'm just going to try to piss you off. Right. So, I had a, 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 God, I can't remember it. Some some girl mm -hmm. uh, years ago tried to use the like the moral argument for veganism and try to make more or less shame me yeah. into making me feel bad about the you know consuming life. So I just pulled a retort out about George Washington Carver and saying that you know George Washington Carver was able to show that plants are able to sense fear <laughs> and they're able to. Like communicate and like they have, you know, feelings right. as well. Yeah. They have a life force as well. So you're telling me that my reasons for not agreeing with you on a dietary level are also a moral and religious level, whichever way you want to look at it. 
that you're excluded from that rationale because you're you and right. I disagree with you. And you just see the eyeball just like twitching <laughs> with madness. These people get so upset. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, I'll see uh, watch some uh, flat Earth debates and like like personally I I think it's interesting. Again, it's a thought experiment, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll see people that are uh, defending the the globular globe model of it yeah. that they'll get so triggered because they they don't understand that. A flat Earth is a, it's just a coordinate system. So the mathematics, you can convert to work in their coordinate system as well. So when that doesn't work, then they get angry and they start attacking them religiously where they're like, well, yeah, but you believe in Jesus and all this other stuff, don't you? And they're like, well, yeah, you believe in evolution. There's just as much proof yeah. that evolution is a fact as intelligent design is a fact. It's a faith-based argument. Right. So when they realize they can't corner them into these arguments because they, they think they're dumb, right? Or yeah. they think they're morally inept. Yeah. So the instant that you approach somebody with that kind of attitude, you're just setting yourself up to look like a horse's ass. Yeah. Um, whenever they had... Um, what's, what's that dude's name? Our governor, Kemp. Yeah. Whenever Kemp came down here and... Just to clarify, I, I, don't, I don't like abortion laws at all just because it tells somebody what they can and can't do with their body and it puts more people in jail, Yeah. right? Um, hear that or you're, you're killing a fucking fetus that has popped out of the woman's pussy and then it's just like, well, do you really want to keep it? If yeah. not, we've got some organ harvesters that love to have it. Like, it's, it's fucking gross. Whatever you want to do with your body is fine. Yeah. You know, you're not harming other people. I think maybe... Like you shouldn't be aborting a an eight and nine month right, old right, right. child. That's a fucking child yeah. that's in there. But you know, embryonic stage or whatever, whatever. I, I I don't like it, but it's not my fucking body. I don't yeah. care. But um, yeah, a friend of mine had sent me like an invite to come and join her at like this protest. Now, for those who don't know, this protest during Kemp's visit was during VSU's graduation, mm -hmm. and. I had a, sent her a personal message. I was like, hey, I just wanted to you know, wish you good luck on the protest and everything, but uh, I'm going to decline the offer to join you. I was like, I don't feel that protesting this during VSU graduation when folks are there to celebrate with their yeah. families is necessarily the best move, and it's not going to do anything in the long run. Right. But I went further. I was like, however, I, was like, you know, I know people that are litigators and other things, like if you want to seriously take this to another level and talk about like changing legislation, like let me know and like I'd, I'd be glad to help out. Yeah. And they got so furious just because I wouldn't go and show solidarity with them. It's like, well, one, I'm not solidified with anybody, especially right. if you're talking like we fetishize protests so much that's become a fashion statement. It is, yeah. You know, so um, like the. If you go to a protest, a protest doesn't, like I've seen you guys uh, do them at the shop, and it's not a draw for attention. It's just you guys it's, are out there. And it's not that we do them. They just, that's where they help, that's where they do them. Right. Like, we, we've never done, like, a protest, but they happen in our space because it's the, a lot of people have protests out there because it's uh, the old courthouse. Oh, yeah, right there. it's just right And it's right just, like, law. a good, I think there's something about the, the laws you can, pro, like, a lot of, I know for a while there were a lot of protests happening, and they kept happening, and 
we would have people write, and it looked like it was our business, ah. but it's not. We had nothing to do with it. It's just like that's where it's legal. Mm-hmm. That's where people think they can see a lot of people doing it. I think pro. I, I've never been in a like. That's not me. I'm not going to be me in a protest either. for anything. <laughs> I, I went into a, when that was happening and all those protests. It was around. God, it was. I can't even remember what they were for, but there was a protest happening, and I remember thinking, "This is a silly, this is a silly thing that we're protesting here." But I remember there were people on our side of the street, and there were, pe- and the opposite people were on the on the other side of the street, kind of protesting against each other. And I was like, "I'm gonna go out there." And I took a sign. I took a, I made a sign that said, "Bring back the Jaws ride." <laughs> and I was like, "If I'm gonna protest something, it's gonna be something I care about." And I walked outside, and I just. Stood with them and I held up my "Bring Back the Jaws Ride" sign, and they're they're like pictures. People were asked. Somebody interviewed me, and I'm like, I don't know what these. I'm just out here trolling, man. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) somebody was like, "What does that sign mean?" And I was like, "It means bring back the jaws." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Well, those fucking muggles down at Universal came in here and they." Fucking broom riders taking over because you know the Harry Potter is what took out. That's that's my that's so the extent I, of my process. So if I tell you that muggle was an insensitive term, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was trying. How I was like dare trying to sound you? Like a... <laughs> I, I think, like with me, it just it reminds me of like Westboro Baptist Church type yeah, stuff. Who 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 drives by, looks at a sign, and says yes? <laughs> Changing my mind. Nobody. There's a lot of folks doing car washes yeah. out here today. <laughs> I I feel like you look a little. You look a little crazy. I, I think it's a way, kind of like why people get into cults or even churches, it's a way for them to find a community, yeah. right? Yeah. And be able to like bond with somebody that they, they, they agree with them on one thing and that, that thing sort of becomes like a cornerstone. So a lot of these folks that I would argue that are, um, that are atheists and uh, social justice warriors, they allow something like politics to take the vacuum of theology mm-hmm. and then that becomes like like their uh, greatest conceivable being yeah. is you know the progressive politics right and it's it ends up coming across as just hey man you're just an atheist bible thumper in my mind like <laughs> yeah. like it's i i i think that if 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 protesting I think it's important that we still, you know, because we do have the right and a right, a right something that you can't take away, yeah. right? Otherwise, it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you, you have every right to go out there and stand. But at the same time, if you look at some of these folks that I think are fucking despicable, like the KKK, and then you'll have like, we're going to do a counter protest. It's like, bro, why are you giving them power? Yeah. You're literally giving these despicable bigots more power, and now what? The TV cameras are going to come out. Too, yeah. yeah, so like I remember seeing stuff when I was in high school when it'd be like, like, oh, the KKK is a protest at the courthouse. There would be like three people there that are like just pointing and laughing yeah. at these idiots in their <laughs> white robes and their bigoted signs. Yeah, man. People are like, oh, I, I knew it. Like there's some uh, bunch of idiots here that were like, I think at like exit 18, somewhere off I 75, and you know, stand there with like their, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, America, Nazi, yeah, white yeah, power yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, one, those dudes are gonna get their ass beat eventually at some point today. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, un- undoubtedly, there are, but 
then they'll they'll use something like that, like these fringe political groups or fringe ideologues, to sort of show that, like, uh, you know, like, oh, look, this is still in the South today. It's like, bro, I've lived in New Jersey. There are way more racists in New Jersey than there I've ever encountered down South. Yeah. In Jersey, the neighborhoods were still segregated, where it'd be like, oh, we don't go to that town. Why not? Well, because there's no white people that go there. It's like, and, like, I didn't understand it, because, like, down here in the South, like, we're, it's, it's a, a, an integrated community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like... Like, one out of every four people may be bigoted in the South, but you know how to avoid them because they're right. usually loud and stupid and yep. obnoxious. You can tell. Yeah. Versus, dude, man, like, that's, I, I just didn't understand how, like, some of these places up North were like that. And then I would look at history and you view that, well, down here in the South where there were segregation laws and then the governments were stepped in, it was like, uh, no, we're not going to be doing this yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and forcibly started integrating right, the schools. Right. Well, up in the north, they just kept the whole community segregated. So the school system wasn't segregated. Yeah. It's just they would gerrymander these districts to where it's like, oh, yes, um, <clears throat> all the brown and dark-skinned people <laughs> will be going to uh, this school just right. because they live in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, Again, like like so many things in American culture, it's 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 complex and multifaceted, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the the more we have dialogue and debunk some of these notions, particularly about the South, like all of us being idiots and whatnot, right. like it's I I don't uh, I, I I don't feel that uh, as far as when people kind of have these doomsday prophecies of like like oh you know America like it's, we're so divided right now like well. I mean, not really. I mean, it's just we're being told how divided we are by fucking like all these mainstream news outlets, right. you know? It's not that different than it's like it's ever been, really. No. Well, I mean, especially not in the South. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, if you look like out west at like, you know, in Portland where like Antifa is like taking the place of law enforcement, it's like, well, sucks to be Portland, man. Like, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, down here in the South, like you've got. Too many people that are of too many different backgrounds, and probably 80%, if not more, are all fucking pro-Second Amendment, so everybody's got guns. Yeah. So, the as far as the idea of, like, oh, you know, this militant group is going to come and take over town, yeah, the fuck, right? <laughs> you think a bunch of hoods and rednecks are going to allow their city to be taken over nope. by vigilantes? Yeah. Nah, man. And it's... Like I've I've been in gas stations before where you just see dudes walk in with just pistols on their guns a lot. Yeah, they? and nobody nobody bats an eye. Yeah. And it's because if somebody does something foul with a firearm down here, they're gonna get taken out really fucking quickly. Right. And I I think that's it doesn't really make sense to people I feel that have never really lived in the South, mm -hmm. and you know they just view it as like well guns are something that cause death. It's like well yeah they do, but at the same time. If you have all these laws that come in that say like, like you know, you like gun-free zones and whatnot. Yeah. Why the fuck are you making schools gun-free zones? That's like most of these school shootings that happen. It's because they're in gun-free zones. Right, right. So the security guards that are there, what the fuck are they, they gonna do to they take can't down? Do I mean, what they're gonna mace a dude with an AR-15? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna tell him that's illegal to have. They'll tell him stop. <laughs> <laughs> It was so terrifying. I don't understand. He knew he wasn't allowed to bring that in here. Yeah. 
It's like, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he knew that murdering people was a bad idea right, too. Right, right. It's not gonna. The sign's not gonna stop him. No, no. <laughs> um, aside from that, they're like, they're so selective about like which, you know, which shootings they want to really focus on anyway. So if like the, if the murderer is like a, a uh, like a white nationalist or white supremacist, oh, you best believe like all these news channels are gonna be shoving it down like people's yeah. throats. Now, if they happen to be like a, a Muslim extremist, well, that's it's taboo in the world of journalism to talk about a religious extremist right. who is not a white nationalist. It's uh-huh. so like the Pulse massacre, like in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was a religious zealot that shot up. Like he did not want gay people to live. He thought that they were subhuman and could be murdered. And he even called 911 and, like, left this, like, message with right. them about it. And the media's just sort of like, oh, well, well, we're, yeah, we're just going to talk about the gun instead. <laughs> it's like, well, nah, you should be talking about the dude behind the gun, yeah. man. And it's the, the idea of something like gun control frightens me because what if the religious zealots become in charge of the government? And what right. if they start confiscating weapons? That's that's an argument I used a, a buddy of mine I work with who was like, well, one world government would probably solve a lot of problems. I was like, well, no offense, but that's fucking lunacy. <laughs> like a one world go- like one. Did you never watch cartoons or comics? <laughs> yeah. Anybody trying to take over the world yeah. is a bad dude. You don't take over the world. No. That's a Lex Luthor thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of the same argument I have for like a world without borders. It's like okay, so then the barbarian horde can just come in and ransack a city and then they have control. Like, look what's happened in North Africa where we've gotten rid of these, you know, quote-unquote threats that were dictators and then the barbarians come in and just like, all right, thank you! Those people have never seen Mad Max. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) What's a Thunderdome? (laughs) But it's... I, uh, personally, like, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a big gun nut. I mean, I have yeah. guns, but, like, yeah. it's, it's not the bane of my existence. I'd rather spend my money on music stuff yeah. and, you know. Same, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't, uh, I, the, the whole gun debate thing, I don't give a fuck. Like, my, both my coworkers carry guns every day, mm. and, like, well, whatever. Yeah. I don't want a gun, but I don't, that doesn't, I mean, there was at one point where I almost bought a gun. Mm. I don't know why. Just because all my friend, all my friends have guns, and they were like talking about them, and they're always wearing guns, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should get a gun for the house. But then I'm like, do I really need to get a gun for my house? Do I want to shoot somebody? Not really. I, I don't. I don't want to. No. Well, like it's like, I don't know. If it came down, if it came down to it, could I point a gun at somebody and shoot them? I don't. It depends on how. I mean, bad, if they, it, it if they were pointing how, a gun at me, maybe yeah. But I don't think someone's going to break into my house. And it shoot just it really for me. It depends on how badly they insulted my tuna casserole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are they going to steal my really toys? really hard? It depends if they're going to try to steal my toy collection. <laughs> I've been broken into a couple times, not in the house I currently live in, but mm-hmm. in Valdosta in general. I've been broken into. And nobody has ever taken any of the stuff that I... Like, my DVD player might be gone. I'm like, all right, well, I can go buy another $50 DVD player. Right. They don't know that that thing over there is worth this much money. <laughs> and it was, you know, used on Jaws. 
This motherfucker got dolls? Oh, hell <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they don't touch any of the good shit. I'm like, these people, the people who are breaking into your house, they don't give, they just want the electronics. Give a fuck. I mean, they're, it's not like they're going in there with a, they uh, don't know what a, you got. A, a check sheet. Yeah. You know. Whatever. <laughs> they want your money and your fucking DVD player, Xbox. Well, I think the shit I don't care about. Yeah, I mean it's it's material stuff, anyways. Collectors items, I mean, it's material, but there is sentimental and yeah. you know uh, financial value right. with it more so. I would say than you know your TV. Yeah, I mean you can get a TV from exactly from any Walmart in the country. Right. Uh, yeah the um the the thing that also makes me still like like I personally uh, I'm almost. I have not been convinced at all that any changes need to be made to the Second Amendment, nor the First Amendment, for that matter. Mm. The Second Amendment, I think it was Dave Chappelle said, is there in case the First Amendment doesn't work out. Right. Um, but there's there's more guns than there are people in this country. Yeah. So if, what, you have a ban on guns, you think gangbangers and criminals are going to give up their firearms? Yeah, no. They're not going to. So no. I think that's why you've seen something like in Mexico with like the cartels, that like they can even fight the military now and the citizens can't do anything about it because you have to uh, to get a firearm in uh, mexico as a citizen you can you have to get a special permit and you can only get the permit in person at uh, in mexico city okay so if you live in like the yucatan peninsula yeah. you got to make a big journey <laughs> just to be able to get a firearm and yeah, historically speaking, anytime you see gun confiscation, that's that's normally when you see bad shit that follows. Yeah. Like the Nazis were confiscating weapons, and then oh, surprise! Yeah, we're here to get rid of the Jews, you know. But don't worry, they're they're socialists, so it's okay. <laughs> people don't people don't like that uh, analogy either. No. When you start saying that, uh, like, well, socialism will do a lot of good. It's like, well. The philosophy of it is no doubt rooted in uh, altruism, right? But, I mean, the Nazis were the National Socialist Party. Like, that was one of the first things they did was they kicked the bankers out, took their wealth, and redistributed it. Yeah. So, it started off on, like, this note that I personally agree with. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man. But then it, like, mutates. Yeah, and then it becomes, uh, all right, next step. What? That's not, that was in the fine print. Right? (laughs) So I mean, you. I I, I think that um, the idea of like social programs, I think it's awesome, right? You know, like like we should, and you know, some conservatives would definitely disagree that. Well, you gotta pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's like, uh, all right, I I get that. Yes, you should take responsibility for yourself. Yeah. At the same time, shit happens. Mm-hmm. We have enough money and resources in this country to be able to provide a safety net for people. Right. And help them get back on their feet so they can pull themselves up by uh-huh. their bootstraps. So, you know, I, I don't like the idea of, like, a government controlling everything, right? That's one of the qualms I have with uh, public education. It's that, well, what if the school in your district sucks, you know? Like, you can't send your kid to another school yeah. Unless they meet certain criteria, yeah. so, so you like, gotta like pay. Yeah, yeah, or 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 you have to um, like you have to uh, have a family member that works for the school yeah, board. I remember I went to school in a dist. I remember I moved from a different county when I was pretty young, mm-hmm. 
but I was able to still, I just started getting like taken to school. I didn't switch. I didn't want to switch schools, so we just didn't tell the school that I didn't live in the county anymore. Right. And then they found out when I was in, I was like, I was like a senior, I think I was either, I was about to graduate. I was like a senior in high school. And they found out because they did some stupid, like, they would do those, uh, like random, you know, like random searches. Mm. They would have the officers come in. And I remember they were like, hey, the dogs hit on your car. We need to check your car. And I was like, no, those dogs didn't hit on my car. Right. They were like, they smelled something. And I'm like, I tell you what, they did not because there's never been anything in my car except for like (laughs) McDonald's. And uh, they like found out that I didn't live in the county or whatever. And they're like, you're going to have to switch schools. And I'm like, I fucking graduate in less than a year. Like, what are you, you guys are so, this is so stupid. I came across something, um, Granted, I'm not sure how effectively it'll work, uh, but um, the Supreme Court actually ruled that you cannot be detained by a roadside stop to wait for a drug dog to come and sniff the car. Oh, okay. It's it's actually an infringement on the Fourth Amendment yeah. because they have to have probable cause. And the, normally, uh, some law enforcement agencies will get around by saying that, well, the dog doesn't have to because the dog is not... A member of the police force. Yet at the same time, <laughs> but it kind of is though, isn't well, it? Well, that's what I'm saying. At the same time, they'll argue, if you kick the police dog, they'll be like, "He's assaulting an officer. Yeah. You tase him." Those dogs, like when they die, they get like police burials. Yeah, and, like that's a police dog. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's this uh, cherry picking exactly, uh, yeah. the laws. However, I I really enjoy watching the compilations of uh, sovereign citizens getting owned. Yeah, where like, bro, like I. I, you know, I've got friends that are cops. I've got friends that are criminals. It's like I, I don't, I don't personally care. Yeah. Um, but you'll see sometimes like folks at these traffic stops that are just so rude to the police officers. Yeah. Where it's like, bro, like, who you think you're gonna come out ahead yeah. to prove a point? Sometimes you prove a point, you're just gonna end up going to jail anyway. Yeah. And they'll be like, uh, you know. Hi, how you doing? Uh, can I see your driver's license? May I ask what the purpose is of this yeah. stop, sir? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. You were speeding, and and then they just want yeah. I've well, I've seen a lot of videos like that. Too. I remember like when I was in high school, I used to get stopped a lot. Like whenever me and Ben were in high school together, we both looked like we went to school in. You Adel. looked a little odd. We went to school in Adel, Georgia, <laughs> and it was like you know this big. I don't know. Everybody's going to church in Adel and everything, and me and Ben, you know, we fucking had weird hair and our hair was dyed and we wore spike necklaces and corn shirts and <laughs> wide leg pants and shit and we would I, we would just get stopped all the time I remember getting stopped I remember my car at the time I painted a, the hood was the hood was white the mm-hmm. rest of the car was red so I was like I'm gonna paint my hood I'm gonna paint something on it so I painted like a mural on it that included myself. So, <laughs> so my face was painted on my hood. And we got, me and Ben got pulled over at a gas station because the cop was like, you were having trouble with the gas tank. I think you stole this car. And I'm like, I'm painted on the hood of this car. <laughs> and they like did a whole search, searched through my car and everything. And I'm like, I'm painted on, the, there's a picture of me right here on the car. I stole it and painted myself on it. They're dumb, dude. So that's, that's how you get away with it. It's like, 
Steal a car was the first car, thing you just do. Just make sure you put yourself on it. <laughs> we used to get, I used to get, man, all the time, pulled over. I, I So many school checks where they would be like, you know, we're going to check your car. It would be random, but they always checked my car. One time they told me they found marijuana seeds in my car, and I was like, you did not. You couldn't have. Because, like, I know everybody, I know I looked like maybe I did drugs when I was in high school. Uh but I did not. Right. I never did. I never have. I know there's no marijuana in my car. There just isn't. None of my friends do it. Or at the time, you know, when I was in high school, none of my friends were like smoking weed. I was like, I know there's nothing in that car. You can tell me. You did. And like, they told me they found seeds, but then they were like, yeah, but it's not enough for us to do anything. I was like, okay. Well, yeah, zero seeds would be nothing. not yeah, enough exactly. to do anything. Zero would be nothing. <laughs> I was like, hey, those are sesame seeds off the top of a Big Mac bun. <laughs> Fucking, uh, what is it, that poppy seed bagel? Yeah. Got, a, got a heroin runner. It's like the episode of Seinfeld. Mm. Drug test because of the poppy seed bagel. It's all something you would have to eat like an insane amount of yeah. like poppy seed bagels yeah, for it to like come a, up. It's not like a real thing. Yeah. I, I think maybe if that's all you ate and ever yeah and you had a food addiction where right. I was just like oh god I, I could really go for 12 policy <laughs> bagels right about now well shit man we got a, about close to two hours on here okay thank you so much yeah, for doing dude, this fun, man, man. oh fun. yeah definitely uh, do this with me again yeah for sure and dude. again man like uh, like I had mentioned on a previous podcast you know like like we had uh, I was talking with Samson about it and that uh, you know you you and Ben and the folks at the Quill, man, like you guys have never treated anybody, including me, with any type of judgment yeah. at all. And have been very judicial and fair the whole time right. I've known you. Thanks, and you've dude. always been yeah. a solid dude. And Thanks, I really man. fucking appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, dude. Fuck yeah, man. All right. Later, y'all. Cool, man.